Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> happening in the ring when you trained 
did they put you through a full wrestler's training, or did they isolate refereeing out and run you through that more than anything? I went through the whole wrestling training and ref training. It was kind of a, it's a combined thing, so I kind of have to learn had to learn different things from wrestling to incorporate with my wrestling. Never hurts at all to learn every aspect of it. I always say. Absolutely. You, like I said, are out of Ohio, which is a state that's got a lot of history in pro wrestling. Uh, going back to the territorial days, a lot of the territories would run in Ohio. Uh, Dick the Bruiser's group would come over from Indiana. The Sheik's group would come down from Detroit and wrestle in Ohio. Georgia Championship Wrestling did tours of Ohio. Do you do a lot of studying of the history of your home state as far as what wrestling has done before? I actually do a lot from Ohio and all over, basically. I study, like, the different rules because each state has a different rule, what we can and can't do. And But, yeah, I do a lot of studying, especially in the Ohio territories and what's not here now and what used to be and how it's evolved over the years. Along those lines, one of the things that a lot of wrestling promotions have to deal with is an athletic commission. Some states have a very, very strict athletic commission where there's a lot of regulations and the commissioner goes to every wrestling show to make sure the rules are being followed. Other states have a commission, but it's very lax and all they care about is getting a check in the mail, and a lot of states don't have any commission at all to regulate pro wrestling. What's your situation with the shows that you do? Do you have many places you go that have a commission? We have the um, Ohio Athletic Commission, but they rarely are seen at shows unless it's something that it really needs to be investigated or something that's really, really unless we're doing something that they don't like. Other than that, they're pretty just chill for the most part. One of the things that referees are trained for in most cases is to protect wrestlers from injury. I'm doing the show. Injuries are just a natural part of the wrestling business. They're going to happen. But in the matches that you do, how often do you have to deal with someone that's been injured in the course of a match, and what do you have to do to ensure everyone gets out of there as safely as possible? I basically just keep my eyes on each opponent and make sure that they're doing a, a certain move the correct way and to ensure to get them out safely in case of injury I'm always even after their matches or during a rest period I will stop and I will go down to their level and check and ask them if they're okay and if they tell me they're okay then I'll let the match continue but if I know in my heart they're not okay but they don't want me to stop the match there's not really much on that aspect I can do even though it kills me to let them wrestle injured my rule of thumb is if you have a head injury, you have no vote 
and if a match ends or not. Absolutely. On shows that you do, not necessarily the matches that you're directly involved with, but just on those shows, do you see a lot of wrestlers that have injuries, whether they sprain an ankle or dislocate a shoulder or something even more severe than that? Um, more, sometimes I do, and sometimes I know that they're coming in because they, they go all over to other promotions, and I know that they're coming in with some type of an injury from another promotion, and I make myself aware of that, and I just go from there and see what, how they want to deal with it. Fair enough. You mentioned having all of the uh, females that you looked up to in wrestling. In the last several years, there have been a lot more female referees at the national level than any other time I can recall. WWE has Jessica. They have Daphne. Over at Impact Wrestling, you have Allison Lee. At AEW, you have referee Aubrey Edwards. Wow Women of Wrestling has Paige Princevelli. Since you've been involved in wrestling, do you think that the role of the female referee has gained respect since so many females are on the national level now, or do you think it's something that hasn't really changed that much from what it used to be, or do you think that the respect level still isn't where it should be right now? I feel for the most part, the women refs, we get more, I think we've gained more respect over time, but it just, it, some wrestlers, it takes them a little bit longer to earn their respect than others, and others are just right away, they respect you just because we're women, we don the stripes, and we're in that ring every single time. Watching people like Trish Stratus and Lita, I'm sure, did prepare you for getting into wrestling. But do you also watch people like an Aubrey Edwards or a Jessica Carr as far as what they're doing referee-wise? Or do you watch referees regardless of gender and try to incorporate what everyone is doing? Um, for the most part, I try to study every ref that I can think of who could I could possibly incorporate into my refing. But for the most part, I try to watch, like, Aubrey and Jessica for the most part because, like me, they're female refs. I want to see how their refing differentiates from a male's point of, pers- uh, point of perspective in the ring. With shows that you do, are you seeing that a lot more wrestlers are comfortable having a female referee in their match? Because if you go back, say, a decade, a lot of wrestlers were hesitant to have a female referee because they were afraid of the referee getting injured. If there was physicality, they were worried that it wasn't necessarily believable for fans for a female to be enforcing the rules. There are a lot of excuses 
a decade ago and further back, but in more recent times, have you seen that change? Definitely, I think we're they're a lot more open to a female ref now than they were, like you said, a decade ago. They were barely open-minded to a woman refing. As of, as of now, it's like, hey, it's a woman ref, so let's just treat her the same way as if she was a wrestler. Have you ever ran into the situation where a wrestler was a little bit hesitant if they knew it was going to be a really physical match or if they were doing a match that was no disqualification or steel cage or something that the odds of injury were a little bit more? Um, yeah, I ran into a couple of incidents where they, the two opponents were like, I'm not so sure if I want her to rest, but in the end, they, they were like, okay, let's see what she can do. Historically speaking in wrestling, one of the things that has hurt the business is when people date within the business. A lot of times when a couple starts dating, if the relationship goes bad, then a lot of people in the locker room and the promoters end up having to choose one side or the other in order to placate whoever it is that they see the longevity in for the business. I know it's a different circumstance for you necessarily than other people, but where do you see wrestling as far as people dating within it? Do you think that it's a good idea, generally speaking, a bad idea? Do you think that things have gotten better or gotten worse since you've been in the business? Um, that's kind of a tough one, but for the most part, I think if they date within the business, they should keep it on the, on a low profile, and that way there's no um, – no problems within the locker room, and then if the if the couple happens to split, the promoter's like, oh, I can't choose sides. Then I think it would make it easier on the promoter just to basically just release release both parties until they can resolve the issue. That would be nice if that was the actual case in the business, but unfortunately, a lot of times it is not. Right. Now, a lot of times in professional wrestling, especially at the independent level, companies are family-ran businesses where you'll see a husband and wife co-promoting a show. Sometimes both of them wrestle. Sometimes the wife will ring announce a referee and the husband will wrestle or vice versa. A lot of times... The children will be selling tickets or working in the concession stands or helping set up the ring, whatever the case may be. On shows that you do, are you seeing a lot of these family situations where it's the entire family chipping in to help get the show going? Um, on, one, on the company that I work for, um, the promoter – 
his son wrestles and his daughter does concessions and is the tick takes tickets. And I see that in my promotion. And then there's another local promotion here where the husband and wife they wrestle, they they pretty much run the whole company. They started it from the ground up. We also see a lot of second and third and on occasion fourth generation wrestlers out there, especially I think in the Midwest you see a lot of the multi-generation families in wrestling. Do you think from what you've seen and what you've worked with on shows that the second and third generation wrestlers have it easier as far as when they get into the business, or do you think it's harder for them getting into the business because of the expectations? I honestly think for a second, third, fourth generation, it's a lot harder because they have to live up to their family name or they have to follow in their parents' footsteps and live up to that expectation. And if the if the promoters and the other companies know who their parents are, they're going to expect the same level or a little bit more from that person. Well, at this point in time, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by, and I know Coach does have some questions for you as well, so I'm going to pass things right over to the coach with the most. All right. Hey, how you doing? Wonderful. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Well, hey, what do you got coming up? Right now, we're we're doing a reset for XBW right now. We are in venue transition, and we're just all over the place right now. We're just trying to reinvent ourselves again and make ourselves better than we, we were before. Right on. Okay. Okay, this first segment is called Heroes. Tell the fans, who were your heroes growing up? Um, one of them obviously is Trish Jadis. She is one of my heroes. Um, male-wise, it's probably, I would say, Edge or Adam Copeland, whichever he goes by now. Um, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, people like that. Okay. What about music and sports? Um, I listen to a whole array of music. Pretty much, uh, sports-wise, wrestling has been number one from day one. Maybe football now and then. It just depends on where I'm at and what I'm doing. Okay, and then what? What about in ordinary life? Anybody you want to give a shout out to? Um, I don't know if he's listening, but I want to give a shout out to my promoter, Tom Double P McQueen. He gave me a second chance to reinvent myself and come back as a ref and he's given me a chance to build my craft in the ring and he gave me a place to land when nobody else would take a chance on me. Nice. Okay. And then uh what's your self defense background? Um I really don't have a self defense background per se. It's just pretty much I just watch who I'm around, and if I get a bad vibe, I just stay away from those people. Well, of course, you've had wrestling training, right? Yes. So there you go. That That's a lot of different forms right there. Okay, nice. 
And then let's see, uh, who are some of your favorite people to work with? Oh, um, I have a long list, but I'll keep it short. Um, Ari Alexander would be one. Um, Eric Fallen, Scotty Amos, there are a couple of them. Um, there's been so many over the past three and a half years that I've just really had a blast working with. Um, also, Junie Tuned or Juniper Gates, uh, Storm Garcon. There's just a few. Cool. Okay. And let's see. Um, what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen in your life? And that includes VHS tape, internet, or live. Um, one of them that I've actually refed would be back in April. I refed a first blood match between Eric Fallen and Scotty Amos, and that was one of my all-time favorites. I proved, I felt like I proved something that day. And going back in VHS, I would say anything Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Breath of Hitman Heart, Edge and Christian Hardy, Dudley Boys, the um, – I think it was WrestleMania 2000, the triple threat ladder match was one of my most favorite ones to watch as well. Awesome. Okay. And let's see. Um, what about the most memorable matches you've been involved with? Oh, wow. Besides the first blood match that I mentioned, um, maybe crowning our first ever ladies champion. That was that was a fun time. Um, the first ever uh, ladder match we did um, there's just so many in my memory that I just really was wish I could go back and do them again if I could. Okay. And then back to favorites, I'm sure Sign Guy and the rest of the fans would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is if you drink coffee. Oh, um, my favorite coffee to drink is it's like a bir- it's called birthday cake. It's got it's a guys got a really sweet flavor to it. That's like my favorite ever. I don't remember the company what, that makes it, but it's good. Are you familiar with the most popular strand of wedding cake? I'm not. Okay, there you go. And then uh, back on to favorites, what's your favorite concerts that you've seen? Um, my favorite concert that I've seen was probably when I went with my sister several years ago. We went to a country concert, which was outside. And it wasn't really much fun because I had a broken foot, but nonetheless, it was fun going with my sister. Okay, nice. And then in your lifetime, what's been your favorite sports teams? Um, the Cincinnati Bengals is one of them. Um, um, maybe Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's probably about it with football, and the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets for hockey. Okay. And then who are some of the up-and-comers the fans should keep an eye on? Um, One up-and-comer that everybody should keep an eye on is uh, Nate McClain. He's an up-and-comer. He's been five years in, and he's really owned his craft. Like I said, Ari Alexander, uh, Storm Garcon, Avery Hertz. Um, There's just so many around locally that I'm just – I could go on and plug them, but. All right. And then let's see. What are your suggestions for people wanting to get into the business? If you really have the heart and you have the passion for this business, 
you can do it. But if you're just in it and you think it's fun, you're going to find out that it's not all what it's not all fun and games. Because when I got into it, I thought it was going to be, oh, it's nothing. But when I started training, I found out real fast that you have to put in a lot of work, a lot of blood, sweat, tears, a lot of dedication, the perseverance. You just have to be able to take anything and give it right back tenfold. Yes, for sure. And then uh, what different aspects of wrestling have you done besides refereeing? Um, I've done a little bit of managing here and there, refereeing, obviously. And I'm trying – I started to try to wrestle, but when I first started training, I ended up with a neck injury, which sidelined me. And then I said – then they gave me a chance to come back and rest. How many matches did you get in? Um – I really didn't even make it to a match. It was just during the training, I hurt my neck and I sidelined myself because at that point I just said, no, I'm not going to do it. Okay. And then who are some of the toughest wrestlers that you've seen out there? Oh, um, um, Cody Hawk's a tough one. Um, Nate, Nate McLean is a tough one. Um, Matt Vengeance, Eric Fallen, um, there's just a lot of them. And then what schools would you suggest for people? Um, I would actually recommend um, Hawk Training Academy, which is in Hamilton, I believe, because they have the they have one some of the best trainers there. Okay, anyone, any else? Um. Not right off the top of my head. I can't think of anything right off. Okay, and how do people get a hold of you? Um, you can hit me up on Facebook under Referee Becky Pence, or um, that's how you get a hold of me. Or we have our XBW Extreme Valley Wrestling homepage, which you can find all of our events there as well. And you'll find any late-breaking news or any upcoming announcements on that page as well. All right, very cool. Well, hey, I'm sure Sign Guy has a lot more for you, but hey, I want to thank you for letting us interview you, and I want to wish you all the luck in the world. Appreciate you. Well, thank you. You're welcome. Coach? Well, Becky, when someone gets into the business, one of the first things they have to do when they start working shows is get proper gear. I know referees have a lot of options and gear depending on what the promoters want and what the individual person likes and what works for them. What is your recommendations if someone is getting into refereeing right now as far as what gear to have? Um, the black and white striped ref shirt, black pants, and black shoes is the main the main gear but if you don't have the black pants right away i would recommend maybe like a dark colored blue jeans maybe or talk to the promoter and see what they want to do with that situation i know you don't go to a lot of different places but have you been on shows where the promoter wanted to do the boxing look where they have the blue dress shirt and bow tie set of gear. I have never been in a situation like that. 
no worries. I'm sure at some point, if you keep doing this, you'll run into that. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as the actual physical gear bag itself, a lot of people don't really put a lot of thought into it when they first start, but usually after a while people will realize it's a very important part of their profession and they have to house their gear, they have to house their merchandise, they have to house all the things that they need for the show, whether it's chargers, canned food, whatever they need to have with them on the road. So people will take more of a actual stock into what they are buying for gear bags later in their mm -hmm. career. Do you have a particular brand or style of gear bag that you use that works really well? Um, as of right now, I just use an old um, zip-up backpack for right now until I can actually get a roller bag, which I used to have a roller bag for my gear, but it got stolen, so I had to go back to the normal backpack. Did they get all your gear? Luckily, they did not. They just got the bag itself. I guess they thought it was one of those big fancy type things. At least you didn't have to replace all your gear. That would have been bad. Yes. Now, as far as your career goes, I don't know you have done this part or not yet, but a lot of people at some point in time during their career get into commentary, whether it's just a one-off thing or guest, or if they do it more full-time and ease into that role. A lot of people will try that aspect of wrestling. Have you ever considered or have done commentary? I have not as of yet, but I have considered trying it. Maybe once we get started up in our new venue and everything, maybe I can give that a shot. If there's a night where they don't need me, maybe say, hey, take the night off. Maybe I'll sit at the commentary table and give my thoughts on a match. A lot of wrestling schools do what they call promo class, where they instruct people on how to do successful interviews and how to speak in a way that's going to draw interest and hopefully draw fans to the show. When you were training, did your school do promo classes, or is that something that they let the wrestlers figure out on their own? Um, they gave us pointers on how to do promos, both heel and face promos. They gave us pointers on how to do successful interviews. But for the most part, they let us use our creativity and use our minds to think of what we want to say in our promos and how we want to approach it and how we want to use our body language to incorporate with what we're saying. Very nice. I've seen in my own career a lot of times when it is a family-friendly show and there are a lot of children in the crowd, lots of families together, wrestlers will sometimes forget that and they will swear up a storm by accident, sometimes on purpose just to 
see if the promoter gets agitated. Do you work a lot of shows where things like that happen? Yes, I've worked a lot of XPW shows where they just said the F-bomb, like, at least five times within a promo or any of the other swear words, and the little ones are just looking at them like they're covering their ears, like they're not supposed to hear that. And when something like that happens, is there anything that you do to try to cover the mistake and try to get out of the situation, or is that something that the promoter handles once the match is finished? What's your individual situation for it? Um, usually I'm in the back I'm in the back when they're doing promos, but I stand by the curtain and listen and then after the promo they'll go out and they'll ask the promoter what could they have done differently and of course they'll say not so many F bombs, not so many swear words because of the little ones because we try to be as family friendly as possible. One of the other things that can happen on shows of any type but oftentimes it's not meant to be on family shows is blood. Uh, when somebody gets injured, sometimes it's just unavoidable. But as we learn more about the dangers of bloodborne pathogens in medical science, a lot of people within wrestling think that intentionally having blood on shows is too risky. Other people think that it is fine as long as there are guidelines in place and tests being done and so forth. And then there are people within wrestling that think that blood in every single match is completely fine. Where do you stand with the issue of blood? I mean, it's, there's going to be accidents where they get busted open on accident, on a move, and then there's the hey, we're going to do a blood spot. I'm going to blade this guy. I mean, but as far as where I stand, if it's purposefully done, I'm going to have gloves and just be prepared. Even if it's not, I'm going to be prepared, have gloves in my pocket, and just be prepared for it to happen because I know at some point in the match it, it could or could not happen. Have you come across a situation yet where – blood gets all over your referee gear. Yes, that happened back in April where we had a first blood match and I was roughing it and both of them bled on me. For the most part, I was like, okay, it's part of the match. <laughs> Did you have to soak the gear in ice water overnight to get the blood out? Yes. I thought so. One of the interesting things in pro wrestling right now is Impact Wrestling is going to revert back to TNA Wrestling in January. They're going back to the company's original roots as far as the name goes. Do you see TNA becoming a big factor within wrestling, or do you think it's not really going to matter what the name of the company is, or do you think that TNA had so much baggage that it's going to actually hurt Impact Wrestling? I think, I mean, I, I see Impact doing big things, 
but going back to their roots, I think it may be them coming back bigger and better. They may surpass AEW. They may not. They may surpass WWE. They may not. It's just how much heart and soul they put into it. TNA obviously is a company that has national TV on Access TV, and right now there's probably more hours of nationally televised wrestling than there ever has been. You have WWE, you have AEW, you have New Japan on Access TV, you have WOW Women of Wrestling. Pretty much every single night of the week, there is at least one nationally televised wrestling program. Do you have training as far as refereeing for television, or were you trained solely for the matches in front of the fans? We actually have a local TV station down here called DATV. They come in and do local TV tapings every week or every show that we have, and I've been on quite a few of them. When you do a TV taping, do you find yourself having to do anything differently than what you normally would, or is it pretty much the same for what you would do? I find myself trying to keep myself more on point, stay more on my toes, be more assertive, more assertive when I'm in the ring as opposed to when it's a non-TV taping. I'm kind of more relaxed, but when it comes to TV tapings, I'm more on point. I'm more focused, and it's like I'm just focused on what's going on in the ring and what I have to do to make it a good showing. With television, time is extremely important more often than not because you have to fit what you're doing into the time frame of the television show which is usually a very hard set time otherwise it makes it extremely hard for the people editing to be able to make things fit in a way that's going to not look bad or make the product look inferior how do you handle being able to work the times of the matches? Do you have a headpiece with a time producer? Do you control knowing where you're at time-wise in your own head? Do you have someone giving cues? How does it work at your TV tape? I have an earpiece that I wear, and there's always somebody in the back saying, you have X amount of time left. And then when they're during the rest period or there's a spot where I can get to at least one of them, I'll tell them, hey, this is how much time we have left. What's the most amount of time a match has gone over their scheduled time that you've been a part of? There was one match in particular that went like five minutes over what they were supposed to, and that was only because the one wrestler was, he was very spiteful towards me. I can imagine that. I've seen that a lot in my own career. Yeah. On the flip side of that, how short has a match gone 
be taping that was supposed to go longer. I've seen a match go as short as 30 seconds to a minute. One of the other things with television that people may not fully appreciate is there's a lot more production that goes into it. You normally have lighting equipment that has to be there so people can see the matches more clearly. A lot of places will incorporate video screens. A lot of places will have uh, fog machines in the entrance to have sort of a different type of look and feel. What are the different pieces of production that goes into the TV tapings you do as opposed to a show that's just in front of the fans? Um, they're both pretty equal. We have lighting for both shows. We have the sound. The, the sound sounds phenomenal. We have the beautiful light. We have entrance. We have it all. So the production that we would put into a TV taping is the amount, same amount we would put into a live event as well because we want the fans to get the most out of what they pay for. A lot of times promoters will bring in guys that have been on television to spike ticket sales. So even on the smallest of independent companies on a given show, you might have a wrestler or two or three that were appearing on national television a year earlier or five years earlier, whatever the case may be. Who are some of the nationally known people that you have come across so far? Um, We've had Congo Kong come in. We've had Madman Fulton come in, Ace Austin, um, Lexus King or Brian Pillman Jr., um, that's off the top of my head I can think of. I know in the past they've had Rhino come through, Shannon Moore. A lot of the older ones have come through as well, like Tommy Dreamer. Did people take advantage of Congo Kong being in the locker room to place a gear order? Not that I'm aware of. I, for the most part, I just kind of left him in his locker room and left him get prepared because I had to rest his match that night anyway, so I was kind of just letting him getting prepared mentally before we talked about the match. Well, hopefully somebody there asked him to make their gear because he's the best in the business of gear making. Oh, nice. Not that I'm biased, but I'm biased. Yeah, I understand. On the polar opposite side of that, Referees will often work with wrestlers that are just breaking in that will eventually go on to be on national television, whether it's a year or five years or ten years. You started with them. You were refereeing when they were wrestling on the independence in front of a couple of hundred people, and then the next thing you know, they're on television wrestling in front of millions of people, who are some of the wrestlers out there that you have worked with directly that you think have that potential to get to national TV? 
boy. Um, Nate McLean is definitely one who has potential. He he started a couple years before I did, and he he's the one that got me into training as well. Um, Ari Alexander, she has seen national spotlight, but I think as years go on, she'll bring something amazing to anybody who signs her. Um, there's just there's so many within the independent scene that I'm really proud of that I know they're going to make big, big. Uh, they're going to make it big. With so many companies out there that have national television right now, and a lot of companies that are on the streaming services like IWTV and the Roku channel and YouTube, all of that. There's a lot more opportunities for people to travel and to be seen, to advance their careers than any other time I've known. Do you actively look at seeing what's out there and seeing if you're going to be a good fit for companies so you can eventually travel and work at more promotions, or are you content staying where you are? Um, at this point in my career, I want to expand. I watch a lot of OVW, and I've thought about if I would fit good with OVW, get some training down there, and then eventually make it to make it to the big stage eventually. But right now, I'm content where I'm at, but I have bigger aspirations. OVW, of course, got the big deal with Netflix. The reality series, The Rustlers, a lot of their uh, people in the last five years or so have done national TV coming out of OVW. And, of course, OVW has a connection in Europe now. They have a sister promotion in Romania, of all places. So they're doing a lot of really big things in this current version of OVW, do you think that OVW right now might be as hot as it's been in the last five to ten years? I honestly think, it, yeah, honestly, I think it's red hot right now. I think it's better than it ever than it has ever been. Now, looking at the landscape of Independence in Ohio, I know there's a lot of companies all over the state, and for people that may not be aware, Ohio is very, very large, geographically speaking. Do you see yourself traveling, maybe not even necessarily to like the neighboring states, but just within Ohio itself and sort of working a loop? of Ohio eventually? That's one thing I'm hoping to do soon is do some of these promotions here in Ohio and then move on to other states and who knows where I'm going to go from there. Absolutely. And for fans that may not know their geography quite well, Ohio Valley Wrestling, not in Ohio, it is in Kentucky. Mm Mm-hmm. And sometimes Indiana. Yeah. Now, if you 
person in professional wrestling right now, whether it is someone right now wrestling for a national company on TV or someone you have seen on the independents or someone you have only read about in social media, who would be your dream person to work with in the ring? Um, honestly, I would want to work with Zoe Stark from Monday Night Raw because I think she has all the talent in the world, and I think right now they're showcasing that better than they ever could in NXT with her. Just a few short months ago, she was working with the aforementioned Trish Stratus, Chris Stratus obviously still in wrestling shape, obviously can still go. Have you ever considered talking to promoters and trying to get Trish Stratus on a show? I have honestly thought about that. That would be another huge coup for me to ref for her because she's like my idol. When you referee for people that you looked up to and you watched as a fan, maybe even currently you're in the business, but you still are a big fan of their work. Is it easy for you to still work with them in a match, or do you have a lot of nerves in comparison to other matches that you do that makes it harder for you, or is it somewhere in between? It's it's in between because on one hand, it's like I want a fangirl for this person, but it's like I have a job to do and I have to call their match right down the middle. So it's like call the match now, fangirl later type thing for me. Fair enough. So you wouldn't get Trish Stratus total count of eight to get out of a corner, for example. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't cut any corners for her. Even if that's what she wanted, I wouldn't do it. Unless you point out that she is from Canada and uses the metric system, which would make it closer to eight than five. Right. Right. Just one little way you could get away with it, possibly. Right. Maybe. (laughs) We are down to the last few minutes of our show today, and I want to make sure you have full time if there's anything you want to plug or promote. Say anything you would like to the listeners. Floor is all yours. Um, once XBW gets up and running, um, I get you guys. I'll bring the information and just come out and check us out and see what we're about. As far as I know now, we're going to be running on Tuesday nights and Friday nights, which that's still up in the air. We're still planning, but XBW is planning something huge for our new comeback. So if you're ever in the area, if you're in the Fairborn, Ohio area, come out and check us out and see what we're about. Referee Becky Pence, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. I want to thank you so very much for taking the time to be with us, and hopefully we will do this again and hopefully XVW gets back at it sooner rather than later, and you're back running shows. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Our pleasure. Fans, definitely get out there, support Becky and support XVW. They run a very, very good show, so pay attention to the social medias. Look for when they 
are back up and running. Coach, I'm sure you have some plugs to promote. Yeah, you guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach of the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army in the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. Then, of course, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every Saturday at noon Pacific. Next week, I have Short Sleeve Samson. Then on the second, I got Cosmo Williams. On the ninth, I got the Seattle Sports Union back. And at the end of the year, I got Sam Sims. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank Sign Guy for letting me be co-host on this show, for helping me get my show. I want to thank Uchi and JD for creating Turnbuckle Turmoil, all the fans for all their support and input and feedback. We love you guys all. Thank you so much. All right. And fans, you can find me on the usual social medias. You can also... Find us right back here next week. On Friday, we have Bill Colville, was a confidant of the Von family, and he was involved in the making of the film The Iron Claw. So it's going to be very interesting to speak with him. Next Sunday, we have two hours for you. We just got signed. Ink is now dry. We have in the first hour, noon Pacific, the Fallen One Vendetta out of North Dakota, and then Bruiser Koloff at our regular time. So make sure you have plans to join us for that. And don't forget, Saturday on the 25th of November, you can find me in Kelso, Washington, at Inclusive Pro Wrestling's debut event. Also on that card is Chicken Bob. So make sure you come support that. We will talk to everybody soon. Everybody stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week. Like this before.